ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. This is Orange Nation. All right, Stephen Pauly back with you here on a Monday edition of Orange Nation as we go to the guest line to bring on our first guest today, Pauly. Yes, it's Josh Black, defensive end for Syracuse Orange, brought to you by Auburn Community Hospital, recruiting talented people every day, and Sheridan Syracuse University and Conference Center. How are you doing, Josh? I'm doing great. How are we all doing today? Well, we're we're doing great as well. Uh, congrats on the win. Um, you know, you're heading into the bye week. We'll get to that in a second. But how about that defensive performance on Saturday from you guys holding BC to just six points and now uh, one win away from bowl eligibility? Right. And, I mean, it just means the world to me. I mean, just I mean, this being my last year. Uh, playing BC this week was something that I've been looking forward to because, you know, we've never beat them at home before. We beat them twice on the road. And then just the fact that, you know, we were able to finally get this win, this being the last year for a lot of the guys, it meant a lot. I mean, just having that whole defensive performance as well. I mean, you could tell the whole team was locked in. We didn't want these guys to come in and run all over us. And ultimately, that's what happened. We had great team defense. Our offensive scoring points, our special teams won their battle as well. And overall, it was a great team victory for sure. So we uh, talked to you last week about the potential for a quarterback change. Uh, Dennis Grossell did get the start, but then you saw a different quarterback uh, midway through that game. Emmett Moorhead comes in, and, and he was no more as a passer. was kind of slinging it around out there. How difficult is that mid-game? Uh, and especially the quarterback didn't get hurt, right? It was a, it was a case of you know they, that was their plan to, to bring in a second quarterback and mix things up. How difficult is that as a defense to make that transition on the fly to a different QB? Yeah, so there's definitely a little bit of a learning curve in the game when you figure out, oh, which quarterback is playing, especially when they switch them out so uh, so often. So obviously you have a more of a dual-threat quarterback and then you have more of a thrower. And But at that point, our defense was just playing lights out. We are playing relentless at this point. So we really didn't even make any adjustments to that. We were just playing our ball. We were just playing very, very physical, very aggressive, and we just gave great effort. And, yeah, they got some passes here and there to their, you know, their talented wide receivers. We all know that they could catch. And, you know, we just kept the ball in front of us. And when we had the bow up, we bowed up. And, yeah, we just played our ball. So, you know, offensively, you guys were kind of stuck in neutral there for the first half. And, you know, it's 3 nothing at halftime, and then all of a sudden, you know, the offense explodes for two touchdowns, then you get the special teams touchdown and, and kind of put it away. In a game like that where you know your offense is struggling, as a defense, you guys feel a little extra pressure that, you know, maybe there's no margin for error and, and you know, you got to keep the other team out of the end zone? Yeah, there's definitely that little bit of pressure for sure. I mean, we know what our offense is capable of. We know they can score points. And, yeah, the Boston College was playing some really, really stiff defense in the beginning of the game. But, you know, being on the defense side of the ball, like, okay, we need to get the ball back for our offense. We know they're going to score eventually, so let's keep getting it back. Let's not put us in a bad situation. Let's you know, let's keep us you know, let's keep us off the field and have our offense on the field. And you know, that's you know, that's what ended up happening. And then we ended up getting the momentum swing, and from there it was over. All right, so I, I don't know how much you pay attention uh, to what's going on on the field when the offense is out there. I know you guys are, are game planning and scheming, and you know you're doing things uh, on the sidelines while the offense is out there. But I, I have to ask you about Sean Tucker and what this kid has done. 
game in and game out and and week in and week out, and the opponent knows he's going to get the ball and he's going to get it a lot, and yet he just continues to produce week after week, goes over 200 yards against BC. Uh, he's on the verge of setting the all-time single-season rushing record at Syracuse. There have been you know, some pretty good running backs to come through here. Uh, what can you say about Sean Tucker and, and what he's been able to do on a consistent basis this season? Well, he's he's doing everything we've asked for him to do, and much more. Obviously, just uh, it's just the, it's just fact he's consistently good and not occasionally great. Well, I should probably rephrase that he's consistently great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, he's just I mean, like there's there's so many words I can use to describe Sean Tucker. Just everything about him treats himself like a professional, treats his body like a professional. From nutrition, the film room, the way he attacks each practice, you know, he knows that. You know, every rep could be his last rep. I mean, that's how that's how it might be in football. And he's going to take advantage of every single possibility that he can. And just overall, you know, the team feeds off that. I mean, yeah, he's a little bit of a more quiet guy in the locker room for sure. But he leads by example. And just overall, you know, as he as he would say, you know, he's just getting started. So it's just so it's just so exciting to see what he'll be able to do. And just for him to lead the country in yards right now, it's ridiculous. Every time he gets the ball, you're thinking, oh, he's about to score probably. Yeah. So. Overall, overall, Sean Tucker is you know, you know, one of the most amazing athletic specimens I've seen in my eyes in person. Yeah, and, and it's funny you should say that about him being quiet because that was going to be my next question, Josh. Is that you know those of us in the media, fans, we see this quiet kid, we see those tweets every week about I'm pleased with my performance, gives his stat line, you know, but we're just getting started. Is is he that quiet in the locker room? Is he just you know kind of go about his business and um, you know almost Barry Sanders like you know Barry Sanders act like you've been there before, toss the ball to the referee? I mean, is that is that kind of him away from the field as well and inside the locker room? Yeah, Sean, he just always he just always means business. Yeah, he'll joke around here and there, but other than that, he gets in, gets his work done, and gets gets out of there. It's you know, it's you just know he means business. He walks into the locker room with that with that straight like face on. It's like, oh man, like Sean Tucker, he's about to he's about to have a great practice right here. I mean, that's how he always is. I mean, yeah, like outside of the football facility. He, he talks a little bit more, but not, not as much. But, you know, as soon as he steps into the facility, he hit the ground. It's like, boom, he turns on the, you know, turns on the little switch right there. And just, just you know, the football demon inside of him takes over. Yeah, let's, uh, let's just play do the talking. Um, you know, you look at the end of the Virginia Tech game. We talked about this last week, Josh, that, you know, you guys needed – everything to go right in that final 525 to come back from nine down to win it offense defense special teams they all produced in that comeback and you got the win I I look at at this weekend's game and it wasn't just 525 it was it felt like the the entire game for the defense special teams was good and and you know the offense obviously turned it on in the second half this felt like a really good team win that I would imagine uh plays pretty well in the locker room yes everybody contributing that everybody probably feeling good after this one right yeah, I felt like on all three levels, we played a very solid game. It was just, uh, like you said, it was a full team, full complete win. It felt like just a signature classic win right there. It's not like we were lacking in any department. It's not like we had to make make up for some of the mistakes we made. Just overall, we felt like we flat out outplayed Boston College. And, you know, it really means a lot to us because the coaches were challenging us this week saying, oh, you know, this is going to be the most physical game that we'll play this year. I mean, yeah, they're right, 100%. They're a rival. They have a little countdown clock in their locker room until they specifically get to play us. And the fact that we took it to them on our home field, you know, just, you know, just shows the amount of uh, preparation that we took into account this week and how focused we were as a whole team. 
Josh Black joining us here for another couple of minutes on Orange Nation. And Josh, you you touched on it at the very beginning of this interview. You said, you know, that you being one of the veteran guys and this being your final year, it, it means so much, uh, you know, to be five and four right now, knocking on the door of, of bowl eligibility for for you and the other super seniors. Uh, what would this mean? To get, you know, at least, I'm not going to say one more because I know the goal is for more than that. To get at least one more, though, and qualify for the postseason, what would it mean to to this group of of seniors and and what would it mean to this program? I mean, it means the world to us seniors. I mean, the last time we were at a bowl was in 2018. You know, that was one of my most fond memories here being on uh, the Syracuse football team. And like we have a saying around here, like, oh, we don't want to be, we don't want to be back home for Christmas. We don't want to watch the other teams play bowl games while you're sitting at the Christmas dinner table watching like, oh, that, you know, that should have been us, could have been us, whatever. We have that saying around here, we do not want to be home for Christmas. It's a little bit different for me. It's funny because uh, my birthday's on Christmas, so my parents obviously will have to come to the bowl game and celebrate Christmas and my birthday, just like we did in 2018. But just like over, just overall, you know, having a bowl game to send out the seniors the right way, you know, would just be in the world. And, you know, you know, from a, from a program standpoint, you know, we're trending upwards. Uh, I mean, we have national attention on our offense, uh, defense, and, you know, we're just, we're just on the upward trend right now and definitely us back in the right direction. How does having a birthday on Christmas pan out gift-wise? Oh man! I tell you what—it's a scam. All right, you don't get double the presents. I hope my mom is listening to this right now. I'm so salty about that, mom. If you're listening, but yeah, you don't—you don't get double the presents. Like that's a common misconception. Um, also, you get more Merry Christmases than you do Happy Birthdays. You get like you know the, the occasional Happy Birthday from you know your your close friends and family, but no one really knows your birthday if it's on Christmas. So it gets overshadowed easily, but, you know, everything happens for a reason. Here's the thing, Josh. Here's the thing. You will appreciate that when you're my age and Paulie's age. You will appreciate when you can kind of gloss over the birthday and just celebrate Christmas. (laughs) Now, you know, being a young man like you are, I'm sure that that bothers you. But someday, uh, you know, maybe 20 years from now, you'll appreciate the fact that nobody's saying happy birthday to you. Um, All right, you guys are going into a bye week now. Take us through what what this week is like. I would assume you you have a few days off, um, you know, a lot of guys are banged up at this point. You have a late bye week, so uh, you know you guys have been playing a lot of football week after week. Uh, take us through this week. What's it like uh, as a player? Yeah, this is a huge week for recovery, getting your bodies right, but also to excel in the classroom this week. Uh, I mean, having a really busy schedule with football, it kind of uh, messes with your studies in class. You don't, you know, you you, you you tend to not pay attention as much in class when you're worried about practices and meetings, and you know, trying to take advantage of that. But, you know, this is a big time for everybody to, you know, really refocus on class, take care of your bodies. So right now our schedule's very light, very light practices. And, you know, just getting everybody healthy again. Everyone's in the treatment room getting a lot of rehab because, like you said, it's a very late bye week. This is the most late bye week I've ever had personally. And even though I haven't sustained any, like, uh, injuries, but, you know, I'm, I'm banged up. I'm getting old, too, so I'm really <laughs> sore. I'm and bruises everywhere and things of that nature, and a lot of the other guys are too, just from you know, just from wear and tear over the season. 
So, you know, this was the perfect opportunity for us to have this bye week coming from a win and then, you know, going to play Louisville after this. So we got, we have to win the bye week, though. We can't lose the bye week. We have to get better this week or else it's a waste. And, you know, we can't play Louisville when we have a wasted bye week. So, so give us an idea, Josh. Uh, generally speaking, when would you start to delve into Louisville and, and start preparing? Because, you know, I know as a, as, as the coaching staff probably doesn't want to get into to Louisville too soon, but at the same token, you have a little extra time to prepare for them so are we talking like later this week you'll start delving into louisville so right now we're all just watching film of louisville of their previous games we haven't gone into the game planning sense of things yet like we haven't really broken down all their tendencies but we're just getting an idea of you know what you know what they're about right now and so like you said later in the week right now you know the coaches uh they're doing they're doing their thing and the the, the players are doing our thing as well. So we're waiting until around later this week to really dive in, game plan, and really dissect you know the nitty-gritty stuff about what Louisville does. Last question for you, Josh. We had a caller earlier on the show today talk about Luke Benson's play being a you know an unsung hero in the game against BC when Schrader was hit as he was about to throw and he fumbles and it looked like it could have been a scoop and score for BC. You know Benson's able to track him down. He had a similar play last week when Deuce Chestnut uh, was able to come from nowhere and and stop Virginia Tech from scoring a long touchdown run. You held him to a field goal on that drive. Those those plays with the extra effort. Um, where does that come from? Is that coaching? Is that, you know, it feels like this team is is buying in completely to the coaches, to each other, to the season, and that everybody on the field is willing to make that extra effort to, to make a play. Are you, are you sensing that? Oh, yeah, 100%. It's funny that you said that and mentioned that about Luke Benson uh, yourself because when I was watching that play happen, even I thought, oh, that was an incomplete pass, but – you know, if you if you if you heard in the game, the whistles were never blown, and a lot of the guys just automatically assumed, oh, it's a dead ball, and then you know, Luke just turned on the Jets right there, and you know, saved the touchdown, which could have you know messed up the whole momentum of the game. So that was a huge play that not enough people are really talking about. But from an effort standpoint, you know, we love. We love playing for each other on this team. We play for the brother to the left of us. We play for the brother to the right of us. Also, the coaches as well. And, you know, the effort is basically what we, pre- what we preach here because, you know, you can mess up on a play. So what? If you give great effort, that can overcome it. Just because you're blocked on the, the XO sheet doesn't mean you have to stay blocked. It means you can get off a block. You can make a play from that. You know, that's what really what this mentality is about, us being on the Syracuse University football team. Great stuff, Josh. Uh, we love having you on. I'm glad that you get a little time off here to, to heal up the bumps and bruises. Enjoy the bye week. Enjoy the back-to-back wins. Uh, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you again next week as you get ready for a really big game against Louisville. Yes, sir. Big game coming up. I appreciate you guys. All right. We appreciate you. There he is. Uh, Josh Black talks to us every week throughout the college football season. I love the fact he mentioned the academics, too. I'm sorry. I'm, I, I, I love that. I, I feel bad for him now that he got robbed on his birthday every year. That is tough. That's got to be tough. Yeah. yeah. Maybe he gets like better presents. Maybe he doesn't get extra presents or double the presents. I hope that he gets I always felt better bad presents. For, I always felt bad for kids that were born on Christmas or around Christmas. Because you're just kind of... My grandfather like, was... Uh, it's like Home Alone. ...was uh, December 23rd. So I, I, I get it. I, I know that can't be easy. But hopefully he'll get an extra present this year and he'll be... Uh, It'll be bowl in, a, game. in a bowl game somewhere. All right, we've got to take a timeout. Uh, we've got Nate Champion, head coach of Lemoyne Men's Basketball. He'll join us coach. at uh, one o'clock. It's a great name uh, for a coach. We'll wrap up hour number one next, then we'll get to Nate Champion coming up at one o'clock. Back after this on ESPN Radio.